Chapter One of Goonie Bird Green by Lois Lowry. Chapter One. There was a new student in the Water Tower Elementary School. She arrived in October after the first month of school had already passed. She opened the second grade classroom door at ten o'clock on a Wednesday morning and appeared there all alone without even a mother to introduce her. She was wearing pajamas and cowboy boots, and was holding a dictionary and a lunchbox. "Hello," Mrs. Pigeon, the second grade teacher, said. "We're in the middle of our spelling lesson." "Good," said the girl in pajamas. "I brought my dictionary. Where's my desk?" "Who are you?" Mrs. Pigeon asked politely. "I'm your new student. My name is Goonie Bird Green. That's Green with a silent e at the end." And I just moved here from China. I want a desk right smack in the middle of the room because I like to be right smack in the middle of everything. The class stared at the new girl with admiration. They had never met anyone like Goonie Bird Green. She was a good student. She sat down at the desk Mrs. Pigeon provided, right smack in the middle of everything, and began doing second grade spelling. She did all her work neatly and quickly, and she followed instructions. But it was soon clear that Goonie Bird was mysterious and interesting. Her clothes were unusual. Her hairstyles were unusual. Even her lunches were very unusual. At lunchtime on Wednesday, her first day of school, she opened her lunchbox and brought out sushi and a pair of bright green chopsticks. On Thursday, her second day at Water Tower Elementary School, Goonie Bird Green was wearing a pink ballet tutu over green stretch pants, and she had three small red grapes, an avocado, and an oatmeal cookie for lunch. On Thursday afternoon, after lunch, Mrs. Pigeon stood in front of the class with a piece of chalk in her hand. Today, she said, we are going to continue talking about stories. Yay! The second grade second graders said in very loud voices, all but Felicia Ann, who never spoke, and Malcolm, who wasn't paying attention. He was under his desk as usual. Goonie Bird, you weren't here for the first month of school, but our class has been learning about what makes good stories, haven't we? Mrs. Pigeon said. Everyone nodded, all but Malcolm, who was under his desk doing something with scissors. Class, what does a story need most of all? Who remembers? Mrs. Pigeon had her chalk in the in had her chalk hand in the air, ready to write something on the board. The children were silent for a minute. They were thinking. Finally, Chelsea raised her hand. Chelsea, what does a story need? A book, Chelsea said. Mrs. Pigeon put her chalk hand down. There are many stories that don't need a book," she said pleasantly. "Aren't there, class? If your grandma tells you a story about when she was a little girl, she doesn't have that story in a book, does she?" The class stared at her, all but Malcolm, who was still under his desk, and Felicia Ann, who always looked at the floor, never raised her hand, and never spoke. Beanie said, "My grandma lives in Boston." Keiko said. My grandma lives in Honolulu. Ben said. Ben said proudly, "My grandmother lives in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania."
Trisha shouted. My grandma's very rich. Class, said Mrs. Pigeon. Shh. Then, in a quieter voice, she explained. Another time we will talk about our families, but right now... She stopped talking and looked at Barry Tuckerman. Barry was up on his knees in his seat, and his hand was waving in the air as hard as he could make it wave. Barry, Mrs. Pigeon said, do you have something that you simply have to say, something that can not possibly wait? Barry nodded yes. His hand waved. And what is so important? Barry stood up beside his desk. Barry Tuckerman liked to make very important speeches, and they always required that he stand. My grandma, Barry Tuckerman said, went to jail once. She was 20 years old, and she went to jail for civil disobedience. Then Barry sat down. Thank you, Barry. Now, look at what I'm writing on the board. Who can read this? Everyone, all but Malcolm and Felicia Ann, watched as she wrote the long word, and they shouted it out, beginning. Good, said Mrs. Pigeon. Now I'm sure you all know this one. She wrote again. Middle, the children shouted. Good, and can you guess what the last word will be? She held up her chalk and waited. End. Correct, Mrs. Pigeon said. Good for you, second graders. Those are the parts of the, that a story needs. A beginning, a middle, and an end. Now I'm going to write another very long word on the board. Let's see what good readers you are. She wrote C and then an H. Mrs. Pigeon, someone called. She wrote an A and then and R, Mrs. Pigeon, several ch children were now calling. She turned to see what was so important. Malcolm was standing beside his desk. He was crying. Malcolm needs to go to the nurse, Mrs. Pigeon, Beanie said. Mrs. Pigeon went to Malcolm and knelt beside him. What's the trouble, Malcolm, she asked, but he couldn't stop crying. I know, I know, Nicholas said. Nicholas always knew everything, and his desk was besides Ma beside Malcolm's. Tell me, Nicholas. Remember Keiko showed us how to make origami stars? All of the second graders reached into their desks and their pockets and their lunchboxes. There were tiny stars everywhere. Keiko had shown them how to make origami stars out of small strips of paper. The stars were very easy to make. The school janitor had complained just last Friday that he was sweeping up hundreds of origami stars. Malcolm put one in his nose, Nicholas said, and now he can't get it out. Is that correct, Malcolm? Mrs. Pigeon asked. Malcolm nodded and wiped his eyes. Don't sniff, Malcolm. Do not sniff. That is an order. She took his hand and walked him to the classroom door. She turned to the class. Children, she said, I am going to be gone for exactly one minute and 30 seconds while I walk Malcolm to the nurse's office down the hall. Stay in your seats while I'm gone. 
Think about the word character. A character is what a story needs. When I come back from the nurse's office, we are going to create a story together. You must choose who the main character will be. Talk amongst yourselves quietly. Think about an interesting character like Abraham Lincoln or perhaps Christopher Columbus or Babe Ruth, called Ben. Yes, Babe Ruth is a possibility. I'll be right back. Mrs. Pigeon left the classroom with Malcolm. When she returned one minute and 30 seconds later without Malcolm, the class was waiting. They had been whispering, all but Felicia Ann, who never whispered. Have you chosen? she asked. The class nodded. All of their heads went up and down, except Felicia Ann's, because she always looked at the floor. And your choice is? All of the children, all but Felicia Ann, called out together. Goonie Bird Green, they called. Mrs. Pigeon sighed. Class, there are many different kinds of stories. There are stories about imaginary creatures like Dumbo, Trisha called out. Raise your hand if you want to speak, please, Mrs. Pigeon said. But yes, Trisha, you are correct. Dumbo is an imaginary character. There's also stories about real people from history like Christopher Columbus, and she stopped. Barry Tuckerman was waving his hand and waving it. Yes, Barry, do you have something very important to say? Barry Tuckerman stood up. He twisted the bottom of his shirt around and around in his fingers. I forget, he said at last. Well, sit back down then, Barry. Now, class, I thought that since Christopher Columbus's birthday is coming up soon, she looked at Barry Tuckerman, whose hand was waving like a windmill once again. Barry, she said. Barry Tuckerman stood up again. We already know all the stories of Christopher Columbus, he said. We want to hear a true story about, Go Go <clears throat> about Goonie Bird Green. Yes, Goonie Bird Green, the class called. Mrs. Pigeon sighed again. I'm afraid I don't know many facts about Go Goonie Bird Green, she said. I know a lot of facts about Christopher Columbus, though. Christopher Columbus was born. We want Goonie Bird Green, the class chanted. Goonie Bird, Mrs. Pigeon said, finally. How do you feel about this? Goonie Bird Green stood up beside her desk in the middle of the room. Can I tell the story? She asked, can I be right smack in the middle of everything? Can I be the hero? Well, since you would be the main character, Mrs. Pigeon said, I guess that would put you in the middle of everything. I guess that would make you the hero. Good, Goonie Bird said. I will tell you an absolutely true story about me. Chapter 2 Goonie Bird adjusted her pink ballet tutu she was wearing over a pair of green stretch pants. Her t-shirt was decorated with polka dots. Her red hair was pulled into two pigtails and held there with blue scrunchies. She pulled carefully on one of her pigtails, rearranging it neatly because the scrunchie was coming loose.
she felt her earlobes, which were small and pink and empty. I should have worn the dangling diamond earrings that I got from the prince, she told the class. Maybe I'll wear them next week. Diamond earrings? Prince? Mrs. Pigeon asked. Well, actually, the prince didn't give me the earrings. I got them at the palace, Gooniebird explained. Why were you at the palace? Well, first I was in jail, and then... Gooniebird interrupted herself. It's a long story. She reached down and tidied her socks. May I come up to the front of the room to begin? She asked the teacher after she had adjusted her clothes. I like to be absolutely the center of attention. Mrs. Pigeon nodded and stepped aside so there was room for Gooniebird to stand in the front of the class. You might as well sit down, Mrs. Pigeon, Gooniebird said politely. Take a load off your feet. Mrs. Pigeon sat down in the chair behind her cluttered desk. She looked at the clock on the wall. We have 15 minutes, she said, before arithmetic. Class, Gooniebird said, you heard Mrs. Pigeon, we have 15 minutes. There are many Gooniebird stories I might tell you, but I have time for only one today. Who has a suggestion for a story? Ben's hand shot up. Tell about how you came from China, he said. Nicholas called, why are you named Gooniebird? Chelsea was wiggling and wiggling in her seat. The palace, she said, tell about jail and the palace and the diamond earrings. Other hands were waving, but Gooniebird motioned for those children to put their hands down. She looked around the room, thinking. This is the title of the story, she said at last. How Gooniebird got her name. Just like how the leper got his spots, Barry Tuckerman said in a loud whisper. Barry, pay attention, please. Gooniebird said, I like to have absolutely all eyes on me. And the class was silent, and all eyes, except for those of Felicia Ann, who always looked at the floor, were on her. She began. How Gooniebird got her name. Once upon a time, eight years ago, a man and a woman named Mr. and Mrs. Green, that's green with a silent E at the end, discovered that they were expecting a baby girl. The man's name was Gordon Green. His wife was Barbara Green. They decided to name their baby girl with their initials. G for Gordon, B for Barbara. They thought of many different names. Gail Beth, said Mrs. Green. She liked short names. Gwendolyn Belinda, said Mr. Green. He liked long names. They discussed and discussed. They never argued or fought, but they had many discussions. Once, in the middle of the night, Mrs. Green woke up. She had had a dream about a name. She nudged Mr. Green until he woke up a little bit, and then she said, Georgina Babette? No, he said, and went back to sleep. One night, Mr. Green woke up, nudged his wife, and told her that he had had a dream. He had had a dream. Gaspacho banana, he said. That was a nightmare you had, his wife said. He agreed. They both went back to sleep. Finally, because they could not make up their name, make up their minds about a name, they decided that they would wait until the baby girl was born. Then they would look at the baby and somehow would know that her name should be Grace Bridget or Gloria Bonnie or some other name. They waited and waited for the baby's birth. It takes many months, you know. 
Goonie Bird paused in her story. She could see that many of the children wanted to wave their hands in the air and say things. Class, she said, any comments so far? Any questions? We have nine minutes left, Mrs. Pigeon reminded them, before arithmetic. Keiko asked in a small voice, did he really say gazpacho banana? Yes, he did, Goonie Bird said. I tell only absolutely true stories. Barry Tuckerman stood up beside his desk. I was named B for my grandfather, he said. My grandfather's name was Benjamin. That's my name, Benjamin called out. My grandfather was in college when my grandmother went to jail, Barry nodded, or he would have gone with her. Trisha raised her hand. My cat's name is Fluffernutter. She said, four more minutes, Mrs. Pigeon announced. Let's let Goonie Bird get back to her story so that we can hear the ending. Did you notice, class, she added, how she uses characters and dialogue and her story is full of suspense? It's a cliffhanger, isn't it? What a good storyteller Goonie Bird is. Ready? Goonie Bird asked. Ready, shouted the class. All but Felicia Ann, who never shouted. Okay, here comes the ending. Finally, one spring morning, the baby girl was born. She weighed six pounds and 14 ounces. She had red hair. Look, said her mother. She wiggles her head around looking for food when she's hungry. Isn't that cute? It reminds me of something, but I forget what. Her father peered down at the new baby in his wife's arms. He smiled. She has very big feet. Isn't that cute? It reminds me of something, but I forget what. Mr. and Mrs. Green looked at their sweet baby. They thought and thought. It's coming back to me, Mr. Green said at last. Do you remember when we went on that bird watching trip to various islands in the Pacific Ocean and we saw all kinds of marine birds? That's it, his wife said. She looks very much like one of those birds, but which one? Let's get our photograph album from that trip, Mr. Green said. Together, they turned the pages of the album. Hmm, double-crested cormorant, Mrs. Green said. They looked down at the baby. No, she didn't look like a double-crested cormorant. Red-necked grebe? Mr. Green suggested. They looked at the baby again. She does have a red neck, Mr. Green said. She does not, said Mrs. Green. It's pink. They turned the pages some more. Suddenly, they both said, oh. Very carefully, they looked at the photograph. Then very carefully, they looked at the baby. Big feet, Mr. Green said just like our babies. A head that bobs around, said Mrs. Green, just like our babies. That's the one, they agreed. They read the label under the photograph. Laysan albatross, the label said. I don't think Laysan albatross green is a very pretty name for a baby girl, Mrs. Green said sadly. It sounds too scientific. I agree, said Mr. Green. Ooh, but look at the small print. 
Together, Mr. and Mrs. Green read the words in the small print, often called Goonie Bird. Goonie Bird Green, they said. I like the sound of it, Mrs. Green said, and it has a G and a B. It does indeed, said Mr. Green. So they decided to name their baby girl Goonie Bird Green. Then everyone, including a doctor, a midwife, and a cleaning lady, hugged and kissed and did a Viennese waltz together. The end. What a lovely story, Mrs. Pigeon said, and it gives us a chance to do some science research. We'll look up Laysan albatross in the encyclopedia. Thank you, Goonie Bird. You may take your seat now, and we'll turn to our arithmetic. Wait, wait, Beanie's hand was waving in the air. Yes, Beanie, Mrs. Pigeon said. What's wrong? I want to hear about the diamond earrings and the palace. That's a different story, Goonie Bird said. She was walking back to her desk. Tell it, tell it, the children called. Barry Tuckerman jumped up and stood beside his desk. I want to hear how Goonie Bird came from China. I came on a flying carpet, Goonie Bird said. But that's a different story, too. She adjusted her pink tutu and sat down. Tell it, tell it, the children called. Mrs. Pigeon laughed. I am sure Goonie Bird was just joking about the prince and the palace and the diamond earrings. She said, and the flying carpet, too. Goonie Bird had already opened her arithmetic book. She looked up in surprise. No, she said, I wasn't joking. I tell only absolutely true stories. Well, said Mrs. Pigeon, will you tell us another one tomorrow? Of course, Goonie Bird said. <laughs>